Yo, what's up guys? This is your boy Domo Stanton. I work on House of Whispers for DC Vertigo and this is 11 o'clock comics. Holla! <laughs> Twice in one week, y'all. It's like you hit the. Boom. It's like you hit the comic podcast lottery. Yeah. Feel like I'm at the swamp. <laughs> she. Budweiser Yeah, remember that? Yes, I do. Yeah. <laughs> Mia said something yesterday that made me almost lose it. She said, "Puppy monkey baby." Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't it weird how? Yeah, by the way, get a commission. From I will. Get that NTF though. Yeah, I would NFT. love to. Yeah. She's killing it. This NTF semester. is uh, is that like the kissing cousin? Found. No, yeah, NTF is no trouble found. NFT is your uh, is your little token thing. My little token thing. <laughs> I realized I invented it. Your little pet project. <laughs> that's it. Yeah, yeah. that's the me. Thing you're I'm, to I'm the uh, I'm the, the mastermind behind the crypto the, art movement. The arbiter over here of digital art. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm glad to see that digital art is being accepted in some form. Uh, you know, we don't have to buy into it, but I'm glad someone is. Right. Yeah. Everybody got to eat. Everybody's got to eat, dude. Like, Dap, you said it in the Slack. You know, we all like to pay, poke fun, and we all do it depending on other things that people are into. But at the end of the day, you had it right today, which is that we have lived too much of our lives collecting too much shit that most people would think is ridiculous to ever really besmirch someone else's collecting it's habits. True, yeah. But, you know. I agree, I agree. And we hope you agree that this is 11 O'Clock Comics episode 725. Damn. Yes, sir. And I'm Vince B. You are Vince B. I am David A. Price. Yes, you are. And I am Parker Robbins because it's all good in the hood. <laughs> you know what? I, I don't even know. Uh, you know, I'm not down with what you're talking about. But as long as it makes you as happy as it seems to make you, then I am just I'm just great. Parker Robbins is hot take the most underrated villain in the Marvel Universe. That is a hot take. Wait, who's... <laughs> Who's Parker Robbins? The Hive. Oh, NFL yeah. Just tried to make a big deal. Out yeah, of it. I've never been a fan, so I don't. Right. I didn't remember his name. Sorry. Yeah. You're not he's Parker. Kind of, he, I'm sorry. He's even kind of worthless in uh, the Marvel Puzzle Quest uh, game. I don't know anything about that nonsense, but he's far <laughs> from worthless in the comics. Okay, but you're not Parker Robbins. You. Are Jason Woo, everybody here together for this, the second episode of the week. We're going to have a great time. But before that's we, how we do. Yeah. But before we do, we're going to slide down that discount comic book service slope and tell you all about the specials available to you. Go to DCBService.com. That's DCBService.com. Look in wide-eyed wonder at the amount of money that you can save on your favorite comic books and collectibles, such as... From Boom, it's Magic Number One, written by Jed McKay, art by Ig Guara, Mr. Mateo Scalera's doing a cover. This is a four ninety nine fantasy based series. Uh, it's probably going to stay at four ninety nine, but that's okay. 
Mr. Guar is a great artist, and I'm hoping the storyline is um, enough fantasy to keep me going. But as again, as a player of Magic for a long time, I'm just very curious to see what they do with this. So I'm in. Hope you are too. You're not going to pay $4.99 for this little bad boy. You're going to pay $2.49. That's 50% off. The meat in the middle comes from Seven Seas. It is the Dungeon Toilet graphic novel, <laughs> Volume 1. <laughs> uh, I got to read this again. Plunge into an absorbing new adventure in this hilarious fantasy manga. People are often reincarnated into fantasy worlds to answer a higher calling. Sure. In this case, that means a quest to find the perfect toilet. Behold, as dragon scales are converted into toilet seats and slimes are used as moist wipes in this unique adventure about (laughs) moist, about heroes who truly give a crap. Yeah. $13.99 cover price. Your price, $7.69. That's 45% off. And last but certainly, absolutely, without question, not least, is the one thing that really should be on your order form if you've never read these things before because you're going to get a lot of them. It's an omnibus. It's called What If? The original Marvel series omnibus hardcover volume one. You get uh, What If? one to f- It's volume one. You get What If? 1 to 15 and 17 to 22. $100 cover price. That's awesome. But you're smart. And you know where to go, where the prices are super low. You can get it for $50. That's 50% off. It's an insane price for all this, well, call it what it is, Bronze Age comic book greatness. Not goodness, greatness. So uh, DCBService.com, go there. They don't mind late orders. Call them up. Yo, I forgot something. All right, put it on your order. Bing, bing, bing. They don't mind order additions. They just love you so much, they're going to bring your books right to your door, or they're going to have someone bring your books right to the door in whatever regalia you can imagine. DCBService.com. The best. Indeed. Wow. Right? That's that's something else right there. (laughs) And it's now, um, you know... uh, you were the strongest lobbyist for the return of the drink roll call. And it seems, I'm going to guess, that um, this this new uh, project re-re-re-rebirth um, <laughs> is, is you're not drinking again, are you? Is, is what I'm saying. Well, I'm having one glass of wine. Oh, nice. Well, then forgive me. Tell me what you're drinking because it is the time for the drink roll call. Indeed, it is. It is. Uh, I'm drinking. I've drank this before. Uh, I'm drinking the uh, Cabernet Sauvignon from Substance. Mm. Um, yep, mentioned it. Uh, has a little little symbol CS, like a element symbol. Cabernet Sauvignon. Very clever. Very could good. stand for something else too. In which case, I would be very interested. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. How about you? Oh, uh, let's let David go last. I don't want to. Uh, yeah, st- I step mean, on his tootsies. David always goes last. He does. Um, well, you got a beautiful. I'm just um, very impressed with the labeling on this bottle of wine because it's a textured label that has a 
gold foil over um, embossed figures and lettering. And it's just a really, really nicely designed, tastefully designed label in black, gold, and white. It is from Menage a Trois, uh, <sighs> Midnight Dark Red Blend, California, 2018. And this is going to be consumed completely by the end of this episode. But it's okay. I only have a half a bottle left. And I discovered something. I think it's it's a worthwhile discovery. Um, there's a chain of wine uh, stores in, in my area. They're, you know, the, the state stores. And um, the, my traditional stop was good. They had a very large selection. But I noticed I had to go to a, a branch, uh, which is a lot closer to my home. It's only at the bottom of the hill. You both know. You go up 307, and yeah. right at the bottom of the hill, the the wine store is like four times the size of the one that I go to. It has amazing amounts of, of wine that the other one doesn't even have. So poo-poo on the traditional stop. I will not go there anymore. I'm I'm sticking to the one that's close to my home because that's where I got this and the other prophecy the, the the one that I usually go to only has one prophecy the one close to my home four prophecies it's like shut up my 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 yes hmm. i thought it was significant i'm like hey i can get a wider selection of wine and i don't have to go all the way to the other place right whatever i approve thank you uh, this, I, I chose this for a couple of reasons. Um, first of all, for Jason, it scored 91 points on, uh, James suckling.com suckling. Yes. Oh, suckling, suckling now. Uh, is that really the name? James suckling.com. Yeah. 91 points. I mean, oh. if you want to find out about the notes on this particular one, you have to be a premium member. So fuck that. But um yeah i did look it up to see like you know who this dude is and like why is his why does it matter why like it's not wine spec here or anything like that why is this so important but um the uh but it is i also saw the mortal Kombat trailer today and that kind of ties into this plus we're all going to be discussing a book that kind of relies that 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 this is kind of a big deal regarding this book and this character. The name of the wine is Luna. It's a single vineyard Malbec from Argentina. I never had it before tonight. Saw the bottle the other night. Brought it home. Saw it on the rack tonight, and I was like, "This is perfect because everything kind of lines up." Because the reason the Mortal Kombat connection is because uh, when I played on the Super NES. The um, to get to reptile, you always whenever they were fighting on the bridge, one of the characters would point up to the sky and say, "Look to La Luna." Um, and we're going to be talking about the Immortal Hulk later, and of course he comes out at night. So I saw the bottle. I'm like, "This is perfect." I popped it open. Haven't had it yet, and having it for the first time tonight. And hopefully, it's not going to suck, especially at 91 points from James Suckling. It can't suck, right? Right. I'm just thinking, unless you're talking about the actual character, I don't think anybody says NES. I think they say NES. I've heard Super NES. I've heard Super NES. I don't. I don't hear Super NES. I hear S. 
Yeah, see, I never hear SNES. Right. I think it might be a regional thing because the kids around and when we had it and, and we were busting it, um, it was a Super NES. Uh, but more or less, it was always Super Nintendo. We never really fucked with the entertainment system aspect of it. <laughs> it was either Super Nintendo or Super NES. But yeah. <laughs> you guys put a lot of thought into it. Well, what else we're going to do, man? Fucking Seriously. Nonsense. Right. Zombies ate my my neighbors. This is my... really good wine. Holy shit. Nice, nice. What do you want to start off with? Because I think uh, we're going to tag team triple tag on yeah. at least two, right? Yeah, we got a couple few things. Um, well, you know what? We did. I did. Uh, I brought up turtles last week, so we can start off with that. Okay. I mean, why not, right? It, it was uh, especially with those beautiful pages inside, uh, around the middle, when uh, someone was telling a story. Yes, yes. Um, but I have to say, mm-hmm. before we get into it, I'm getting the feel something fierce out of this book. Like I'm, <laughs> I know it was intended, uh, but going in, it's it's sad. Like there's a oh, lot of yeah. there's a oh, lot of sadness in this book. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Characters um, have lived. Yeah, they have. Uh, we are talking about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the last Ronin number two, with a story by Kevin Eastman, Peter Laird, Tom Waltz. The script was written by Tom Waltz and Kevin Eastman. Layouts by Kevin Eastman, with pencils and inks by Esau and Isaac Escorza. Um you got Ben Bishop and Kevin Eastman also doing some art in here. Um, there's color assistance by Samuel Plata and Luis Antonio Delgado did the color art. So there's a lot of hands in this uh, turtle soup. Uh, <laughs> but yikes. Um, where, where do you start? Uh, April has been maimed. I mean, it's it's all backstory. Uh, I didn't want to say it's all backstory. A good chunk of it is backstory and present story that leads to the backstory. April's been blown up, and she is missing part of an arm and part of a leg. But she has a child with good old Casey, the young lady that we surmised was her child in the first issue. Well, it turns out, we were right, but it wasn't a stretch to think that that was was uh, anything but. Um, poor Mikey, who we saw in issue one, who's uh, taken upon himself to extinguish the very last of the uh, Oroku, right? Oroku Saki the shredder the, the the last remaining blood relative of the shredder um mikey wants to eliminate he's got to do honor by his family and uh he was in a bad way at the end of number 1 uh but it turns out that someone saved his ass and uh brought him to you know april's little hideaway and that's where this issue opens and we find out that very 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 bad things have happened to our favorite characters. Um, uh, There's a flashback in which Casey and April were um, preparing Thanksgiving dinner for their buds. And 
Raphael barges in and and shredders in a very bad way. And we we should uh, I don't think if we should, but we're led to assume that shredder shredder dies um, as a result. And and because of this bloodshed, the um, the truce between the foot and the uh, Hamato uh, clan is broken. And if, you know, what the Hamato clan is, that's Splinter and his boys, uh, which is, are the turtles, right? So, um, Raph being Raph, I mean, they're, they're talking and, and there's trying to have cool heads, uh, in this, this dire, um, circumstance and, April can't deal with the bloodshed, so, you know, she suggests maybe bringing in um, uh, outside help. Raph just leaves. He's grabbing his head in the back of one panel. He, he just can't take the stress and the anger and the frustration and the feelings of inadequacy. And he just leaves and he goes out on his own to make things right. Um, this only came out yesterday. Mm-hmm. Right, so I I think we should play it a little close to the vest on the really really big beats in this book, sure. uh, because I I wouldn't want to spoil a right. lot of this, and and so Raph has a battle with someone, which um, then the story spirals in in another direction in the present day with Michelangelo, um, who what I said is at Casey uh, not Casey, uh, April's little hideaway he's having conversations with people that aren't there he's he's talking to his brothers mm-hmm. and and they're not in the room they yeah. it just it makes me very sad to th- you know these are characters um that we've essentially spent the better part of 30 years with right yeah uh and this is IDW continuity because the the boys call Splinter father, mm-hmm. so this is not uh, a spiraling or, or a, a return to the Mirage continuity or um, it's it's pretty unique to IDW. I I assume right. Uh, there's wonderful battles in here, uh, very beautifully choreographed, and then we get to learn. Uh, what Mikey was doing for a good part of his life. And that section is drawn by Kevin Eastman. And I want to buy every single page. And luckily, there's only, what, four or five of them? It's not a, it's not a huge chunk of the issue, so I, I probably could afford it. There's exactly... Of course four, you can. There were no cons last year. There's five pages. And I want them all because, you know, Kevin's using the, the, the craft tint duotone paper. Wow, with yeah, with, I just love it. Like this is again, we talked about this not too long ago. Um, Kevin is there. There have been better. Uh, there have been more technically precise um, and more visually appealing. I guess you can uh, apply those words to what I'm about to say. There have been um, more reader friendly artists on Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. But for my money, like Kevin, Kevin's the man. Right. I I associate the boys with Kevin Eastman, and we we yeah we we were talking in relation to Peter Laird away when we did the uh, the Usagi Yojimbo. There was a Peter Laird story in there, and it's like yeah, goddamn, Peter Laird can draw. 
and he can plot and he's great he has the eye of a of a cinematographer he's wonderful but kevin man there's dirt under his fingernails and that just makes me all kinds of happy right um plans are made to do things in this issue uh i we i again i'm being vague because we don't want to spoil this for you it, it just came out Wow, it, 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 the feels are all over the place in this thing. You're not lying, and and I, I was kind of sucked in with each page. I'm, I'm, no, it, it moves at a great clip, but I'm, I'm looking at, I'm almost like dissecting everything. I mean, and there's there's one panel that I sent to you guys on on the Slack that that just made me smile because I I, I love when they do that shit, but. Um, and I don't know if it's in the gallery or not, but it is. Oh, it is. It is. You can okay. talk about it. Yeah. It's, it, there's a cameo with, with Peter and Kevin, uh, eating pizza, of course, on the, um, on a subway car, but the, um, they nailed the Peter, the Kevin. I think yeah. Kevin's pretty good. Yeah, he is. But I mean, the Peter's young, dead it looks, on. It looks younger, Kevin. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, Peter's dead on. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's, the 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 fight that's going on and we kind of um i mean you're right it is it's sad because there's there's a sense of finality to 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 what we're seeing and at reading and it 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 definitely hurts and depending on how long you've been connecting with with these characters and and you know you don't you don't want to really see right your heroes get old and and they are here um if you look at the the approach to the color art i don't know if it was intentional i'm going to assume that it was um there's a coldness uh through all of it and and not only in april's um little underground home the 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 battles the city scenes the 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 well, uh, there's a lot yeah. of blue in in well th- those are the flashbacks but yeah but still there's a lot of blue in the reds yeah it is it is yeah oh absolutely um it's it's so i i appreciate the tonal changes um the, the visual cues in that regard um but yeah i mean and and it almost i mean when we when Oh man, when um, when the scene changes from April's home, from 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 rock bottom, uh, and then we're all the way to the top, and and we're seeing uh, we're seeing our bad guys in training. It almost I understand the purpose of it. You know, we need to. It, it, it's part of the story, but part of me was almost like, oh, because I I wanted I want more of. Mikey and April and Casey. It's like I don't like I didn't. It was almost like it was a rude interruption. It was necessary. I understand why it was there. Right. But it, and it, I'm not saying it killed the flow for me. But I was just like I, I I wanted to get through this to to get to to get back to my friends and um yeah. But I think overall, I mean, it was it's I I'm good to say I I I enjoyed the second issue more than I enjoyed the first. Hmm. Yeah, 
Well, um, yeah, I, I, I would definitely agree with you, only because the first, there was a lot of vagaries in the first issue. Like, what the hell's going on here? Like, who are these True. people? What, what, when does this occur? But now, you, at least you, your, your footing is a little more firm in this issue. And you kind of get, uh, it, it's in a future where, um, yeah, we can call it dystopian, but it seems like there's um, a, uh, a hierarchy where the haves you know, as in in the real world, but it seems more uh, extreme in this world where there's a lot of haves and a lot of have-nots. And yes. e- the, even um, things that should be plentiful to everyone, like food, are reserved for uh, people in certain strata of uh, social standing. So, yeah, there, there's there's something very nasty that happened, not only to our boys – and their uh, extended family, but to the world, right? There's there's something yeah. went on here, and and we don't really really know. But um, before I, Jason says anything, I, I just I want to ask you. I, well, I'm not going to mention it until we're done later tonight. Um, but I have a question about the last page. Okay. But go ahead. Oh, continue. you're keeping it sleeper. Yeah. Spoiler free. If, yeah. If you notice the 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 fight scene that we're not talking about, um. It's so brilliantly plotted that one of the characters was fighting to wound. Yes. And the other yeah. the other character was fighting to kill. Yeah. And and it's 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 amazingly well done, but that oh I don't know. That wide panel, man. I can't even look at it. The the one where the thing happens. Mm-hmm. I just yeah. I can't I can't look at it. It's hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this, it's, <laughs> it's rough, man. But and and I think this, you know, if this book were written or uh, conceived by anyone other than Kevin and Peter, I'd be like, yeah, this is really good. You know, this is, they 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 captured the the the, the flair and the, the 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 vocabulary of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles visual vocabulary and everything. It's just this is really good. But the fact that it's Kevin and Peter is like, this mm-hmm. is legit. This yeah. is this is. Um, you know, Kevin and Peter as Moses with the tablets in their hand. This is the, this is the law, right? Uh, I don't know if I, I've offended anyone by saying that, but I just want to mean like this is this is written in stone. Okay, this is the good stuff, and it's just because they are controlling this. Everything, the emotions to me in within the story seem to be ramped up because it's coming from the mouthpieces of the guys that gave these characters life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I thought that the issue, uh, for me, the, the interstitial just took it from really good to great. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just, like you said, it just felt it, this, well, actually, I shouldn't use the past sense. It feels like this is their long overdue chance to say goodbye to these characters their way and uh it does feel special and that's coming from someone who hasn't read a tremendous amount of turtles comics over the years um but i don't think you have to to understand the no like you know the eq part of this um i i think that the main artists are great i think they really serve the the story well so far because they're other brothers i think um, we're trying to be vague, so I mean, some of the things that really tickled my fancy, I guess we can't talk about. But um, you know, I think it's it's definitely like the attention to detail and the visuals is 
ridiculous. Yeah. Like even, and I didn't notice this the first read through. Um, they do this really cool reveal when April gets out of bed, and like you said, we see that she's missing an arm and a leg. But oh, you did? okay. I, but, I um, what when they when she's when we see her the the the, the full page the splash. I'm look. I mean, I didn't. I saw, I saw the hand and the leg next to her. On yeah, it. no, that's what I was going to say. Yeah, but yeah, but but then yeah. but then when you find out it's actually hers, that's when. But yeah, I'm sorry. No, you well, you just you just said what I was about to say, which is that is that the the, the initial page when she's laying in the bed. If you actually go back and look at it, you see that her there's a prosthetic hand and, and leg on the ground. Yeah, but uh, but but they but have it, it, to your point, it, nicely done that the. Uh, terminating end of her arm could be under the pillow if she had right. a break, you know what I mean? So yeah, they, right. no, exactly. they, they hide it very well. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, yikes. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and from what I understand, we're going to see, um, how each of them die over the course of the series. So we, we will see, I presume for at least for the next three issues, well, two issues, we'll see how, the, you know, the so five issues in it. No, I'm saying in terms of we have two more, two more, to, we have two more deaths. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. So I just don't want to think uh, about it. So no. eh, okay, well that's the point of the book. I uh, exactly. Yeah. So yeah. Now is the person that 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 Raph is fighting is 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 I presume it's not a coincidence she's drawn that way. <laughs> of course not. Uh. Well, I mean, is she drawn that like? Does she exist? I assume she exists. Plenty throughout the comic. Oh yeah, that's correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she, but I, I've, I feel like does does she get turned into an animal? No, no. So who's the, not the rat? Who's the um, the cat that I've seen in? Oh, that's that's Alab. That's a fox. She's silver fox. That's an Alabax. Yeah. Okay. But she was she she was she was always an animal that was mutated to right. be humanoid. Right. Mm-hmm. It's not, not the other way around. And she and Raph. May have a little thing. Oh, yeah. look at that! Yeah, dicky. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. I mean, it's it's excellent. I think that um, you know the 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 mood is right, the tone is right. Um, it feels grimy. Um, I, I presume we we didn't know. Like, I presume her them her having a daughter is all like new to canon, right? Mm, yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because she and uh, she and Casey aren't an item in in the current Sophie Campbell run, right? Casey, right? Well, we even get a little taste Casey of that in this comic where where they, I mean, they where they where they get engaged. So we don't, yeah, yeah. Casey was with Jen for a while, Jenica, and you know, oh, was she? that's okay, yeah. Yeah, that's why it was so uncomfortable for him to be around, and vice versa, around issue, you know, around the city at war parts mm-hmm. before she turned because, you know, they were a thing, and then then they weren't, and yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, nice. But, uh, you know, I don't, I don't allow myself very often to be uh, to be vulnerable, but the, this property just, I can't help it. I just I just open up to it. I let it take me wherever it wants to take me. And I I know I do that with everything, but I'm I'm guarded on a lot of stuff. Like yeah, whatever. But you know, this is Mikey and Raph and Donnie. You, know, yeah. you, you, you say one was fighting to wound, one was fighting to kill. I think they were both fighting to kill. 
I don't know about that because that that back move that's not hitting anything vital. What to go into the water? No, no, in the water. Oh no 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 no! Why would he? Why, that's why a shoulder shot. Then that's a shoulder yeah, shot. But that's but that's because of the angle where he is. No, he's all. I mean, he's 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 saying we're gonna wait because he says. Uh, so stop hiding behind these scrubs, and we'll finish this once and for all. He wasn't. He wasn't playing. Well, the, 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 I mean, you've we've seen the turtles kill in this book. I mean, the, yes. the, yeah. There's bloodshed aplenty, but um, uh, and the fact, I mean, and, and and he's taking out a foot left and right, so there's no way like he's he, well, he, he didn't give a save. shit about the he didn't give a right. shit about the grunts. He's not. He's not, he's not trying to save her. They're, they're they're both in the water, and it's like you know so. If if you hit someone there whose that arm is effectively rendered inert, you've just she that they've just lost control of that arm. They're not wielding any weapons with that arm. That's a shoulder shot. That's that arm's done for a while, right? But when you get some, you know, if you're going where the return blow is going, look at the look at the next panel underneath that, and it looks like the weapon has perhaps shifted a little. To the right, so it's more in the center of the back. So it's, I think it's just, mm, yeah. It I don't think like I don't think I don't think he meant to hit the sh- shoulder. Well, I, yeah, I mean, not have been be. the death move, but he was. I, we may not. be reading. I mean, it's it's a it's a bloody battle, regardless yes. of the intent, yeah. right? And then then that page afterwards is just it's it's to get to the gut. Yeah. Sorry, I had to uh, had to had to step off for a second, but it's for a good reason. Uh, Beth said she normally doesn't interrupt me, but she felt that this warranted it. Uh, Colin just got into George Washington. Oh yeah! Nice. Yeah, his, his top choice. Deep. Excellent. He'll be heading to G. He'll be heading to DC, DC, CDs, DC nuts uh, in a few months. Nice. Yeah. So there you go. Congratulations, young man. Yep. Yeah, I, I, you know, um, like, do you know Vince? Like, did the bones for this exist prior to their reconnecting? during the netflix um oh i don't i don't think so i think that i think the toys that made us were the was the thing that got them back together well that is even more fantastic yeah because like i know we all like got verklempt during that documentary Mm -hmm. because of that but to think that it led to this is just like makes it even sweeter it's pretty neat right now i mean i can't be quoted because i i forget a lot of stuff like um, the the comics journal um, interview with Kevin Eastman, there were things in that that pertain to things we were talking about. And I, of course, I read the comics journal Kevin Eastman interviews. It was in two issues, and mm-hmm. and um, I, a lot of that data I just I just forget. I still don't have the second issue. Right? Um, oh, we can find it at a convention to be cheap. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, people remind me, yo, this they, Kevin said this, remember? And it's true, I forget stuff. So this may have been um, in the works. I I I would guess not, right? I would guess not. Um, but uh, D- David, that last panel that you're talking about, uh huh. I'm guessing that's an action figure that I told you I had two of. That's yeah. I mean, I'm I'm leaning that way too. It's just a way. But why angle. would it be in a safe, right? It's very important. It contains yes. information, so that, I don't know. Yeah, maybe maybe it'll project something, and sh- she'll be able to relive um, 
instances that it saw that are that are very pertinent to the narrative. That's what I'm guessing. She's going to flick it on and it's going to project something and, and we're going to see, you know, what happened to whatever. Yeah. Well, I guess can't we can say it, right? I don't think it's a big super reveal. We're we're not even sure that it is what it is what we're thinking of. But the last the last panel in the book, it looks like April uh opens up a safe uh a uh, uh, combination safe and pulls out the fugitoid's head. Okay, that, I see I didn't know if that was a, something we weren't allowed to discuss per your no spoilers because the <laughs> the question I had to ask you both and I was going to wait off air was what did she pull out of the safe? Yeah, it looks to me like fugitoid's yeah. head. It really does. The, the, the angle isn't. I mean, it's. It's. I, I'm pretty sure it is. Uh, mm. It's just that I've never seen him from that particular angle. So, and without a body, so it's one of those things where I'm. I'm going to take a stab and say, yeah, it is. Um, yeah. See, if I was yeah, a robot designer, I would put the the quote brain of the robot. I wouldn't put it in the head because. That's where everybody assumes it's going to be, right? Because it should mimic flesh and blood organisms or humans, right? I would put it in like under the arm or armpit, you know, or something just like stupid where no one would think to look for it. Doesn't have to be located in the cranium. That's silly. Why? It's not a. It's not a, hu- a flesh and blood human being. So why should its brain be in its head? So are we thinking this is the start of getting like a posse together? Could be. But I, I like don't. He know. tries to do it on his own, like the last Ronin, but then he realizes because he failed in the first issue that he can't, and so then he gets Casey and April and Fugitoid and whoever else to get involved. Could be, could be. Well, what else? I mean, clearly she had it locked up in a safe. So, I guess I mean I I know the Fugitoid is character, but but what? We, why would she have 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 his head locked up? Like, what would, it, I'm guessing that it has information. information. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So whether that's going to Okay. Um, That's the Death Star plans right there. Stir something in Mikey, or oh, okay. she's got. Uh, we'll, we'll we'll find out, obviously. But yeah, I'm not sure what. Um, I don't know what she has up her sleeve regarding the head. Well, she only has. Well, she does have two if, sleeves, but we well, know what's up the other one. Because Vince is like, no spoilers, and then they're like, motherfuckers. Well, yeah. it's just Fugitoid's head. Like, <laughs> yeah, only on the last page. Only on the last page is she had to flock to the safe. So, yeah, the, the, the end, end credits reveal. Not, not, not important at all. <laughs> yeah. oh, oh, good Lord. Hey. <laughs> pays your money, you take your chances. Okay. Yes, this was all kinds of wonderful. Well worth the uh, expanded cover price because you get more pages, bigger size. Uh, it's just great. So the question I have for you, and, and I want to talk about something interstitially before we talk about the other tri- triple team. Okay. But... Before we talk about that other thing, I got to ask. Before we say what it is, which did you like better, this or the other thing we're going to talk about? Ooh, I really like the other thing we're going to talk about, but this won my heart. Yeah, yes. same. Yeah, because you posted in our Slack, it's the best thing you read this week on the other thing. But then right. that was before you read this, right? And then I read and thought, oh yes, yeah, is really good. And then I read Last Ronin and thought how much I enjoyed it and thought, well. If I enjoyed it as much as this, I got to make sure the booze read it with the quickness too, because then they got to enjoy it more than I did. So yeah, yeah, right. with you. I think yeah, yeah. Uh, the the thing I wanted this is a very Vince centric episode. The thing I wanted to bring up, and Vince, I don't know because you were teaching if you even saw the news, but 
the Todd father yes, I is saw bringing it. a shared universe yes. back to the Spawn world. Yeah, I saw it. You know, he's been building to it. He's been bringing yeah. it back in the in the uh, last what twelve, fourteen issues. He's bringing back the Gunslinger Spawn and Lady Spawn and and all of the various iterate medieval Spawn, all the various iterations of of Spawns. Yeah, I knew he had something up his sleeve. I just didn't know that he was going to be publishing more than one book. I mean, remember, at one time, there were at least four Spawn books on the sta- on the racks. There was right. Curse of the right. Spawn, the ongoing Spawn. There was um, uh, uh, Jesus. Uh, I'm I'm losing it. I'm telling you, I'm getting uh, what. King Spawn? No, it wasn't King Spawn. Medieval Spawn. No, that was a miniseries that Brandon Medieval. Peterson did with Salmon Spawn. Uh, Salmon Twitch. There was a Salmon Twitch book, right? But <laughs> there was, yeah. Whatever. Uh, but yeah, there, at one time Todd had you know vi- multiple uh, monthlies out on the shelf. Uh, yeah, but, yeah. Well, it, here's the thing that I, I mean. I know you're going to give him a try, uh, uh, but but I I mean this try. with all honesty. Well, you okay? You'll be reading them, but, yes. but um, maybe we'll give them a try. But 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 the thing that surprises me, well, listen, Todd is 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 um, it's probably second only to Stan Lee in his ability to self promote. But the press release was very self aggrandizing, like almost sickeningly so. And and it, I don't know if you read the press release. I did post it, but it says. Um, McFarlane will capitalize on the 28-year success story of Spawn, which has seen sales increase between 100 to 600% from pre-pandemic orders. The Spawn title currently is a top five monthly selling title on the Diamond Distributor's Top 100 chart. Recently, a new release of a Spawn figure on Kickstarter set a new record in its category for raising just under $3.5 million in 30 days, so forth, so on. Um... And then he goes on to say, the simple question is this. DC Comics started a shared universe in the late 30s. Marvel began theirs in the 60s. So can lightning strike a third time in 2021? I mean, uh, he's making it hard for me to want to reform with this. Like, that is some <laughs> that is some, that is some finger up his own ass stuff in that press release. Right? You say that like you've never read a Todd press release, right? I don't know that I'm in the habit of reading many Todd press releases, to be honest. But but he uh, he breaks his arm, patting himself on the back all the yeah. time. Like that's just what all Todd does. Yes. Yeah. And and the specifics for people that do care, um, and it's top five books, so presumably lots of you do. And th- that's the other thing. I you know you you brought we talked about this what a couple months back where about how baffling the sales were, and that it's because Todd has been drawing the variant covers. And my thought here is like he has to know that that's why the book is selling those those right like he he can't be as delusional as this press release reads as thinking the book's just back to being really popular right because he's crediting the fact that the book's selling so well as his impetus for launching more books right. yeah. yeah yeah great but I I don't again I don't think the book is you said it the book is probably not selling as well as it is because of the storyline which is really. <laughs> As as a guy who's read Spawn from issue number one, it's not all that great. But that's my point. So, yeah, so it's okay. I, I'm trying to ask you based on you. I'm going to presume you know him a little better as a personality. Do you think he means what he's saying here, or do you think he knows this is a big sales gimmick and he's just trying to keep it going? I'm thinking that he's 
using the fact that it's a good selling book because he's doing the covers as the impetus for getting people people on the offshoots that are far better than him telling a story. Right. And okay. and, and get and some that makes sense. Because yeah. to that end, he lists he now he do, he does name the titles. We've got well, there's going to be an, a, an an event book called Spawn's Universe Number One, and that'll be like the zero issue. And then we'll have King Spawn Number One in August. Uh, we will have um, Gunslinger Spawn in October, and there'll be a team book called The Scorched, which will be Spawn Redeemer Gunslinger. Medieval Spawn and She Spawn. Yeah. Um, and then, but but here's the thing to your point, though, and where I think you're spot on. He doesn't say who's going to be doing what for what. He doesn't even say, I'm sure some of these people just be doing covers, some maybe just for an issue or two. But the list of people already attached to these books includes Art Adams, Jason Sean Alexander. Now, that one makes sense because he's, you know, right. um, Arlo Barberi, Brett Booth, J. Scott Campbell. I'm sure he's doing variant covers. Poppy Capullo, again, that makes sense. Donnie Cates, whoot, whoot. Jim Chung, Mike Del Mundo, Javier Fernandez, David Finch, Jonathan Glapian, Kevin Keane, Elesh Cott, Puppeteer Lee, Sean Lewis, Sean Gordon Murphy, Ben Oliver, Steven Segovia, Paolo Sequeira, Mark Silvestri, Marceo Takara, and Frank Quitely, among others. So that is a hell of a list of creators. Right, <laughs> right, right. Let's hope the among others uh, includes Matthew Allison. But... If anybody has the money to fund this kind of stuff, it's Todd, right? Three hundred. Like, like he just said himself, he just sold an action figure for three point five million dollars. So, right. Yeah. 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 Did you buy that? I forget. Did you buy that or you didn't? <laughs> I no, I did not. I didn't. Why are you laughing though? Because I don't need another spawn figure. It's a great. It's really. I know, nice. I know you don't, we don't ever need everything. We buy right, it's really ever. nice, um, but I, I didn't feel the need to to kickstart it. So. Right. Yeah, I just wanted to get your thoughts. What you think? I mean, I, I you know, I guess it is tongue in cheek. I'm sh- even, even the the um, I give image credit because the the press release headline is Todd McFarlane announces for 2021 his new attempt at creating a shared universe of comic book characters. So, they, I mean, that's very carefully chosen words, right? He doesn't right. say, you don't say announces a new shared universe. Said his attempt. So, I think even they acknowledge this. This may be a very short lived publicity stunt, but. Um, Listen, I'm here for it, mainly because of the, the, the notoriety of it and because how much you love Spawn. I, I will commit to coming on the show and talking about each of these number one issues. Um, I'm sure Dap will as well. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So build that future state void. There you go. Um, but interesting. It definitely he, he got a big reaction from the from the comics world today, that's yeah, for sure. Well, he may be the well, only part and he's gonna get a reaction. Fair. True. But I'm pretty sure that he's the only um, comic book creator whose book is still two ninety nine. Oh, cool! Is that true? I think so. Now that the Scooby Doo Savage Dragon is three ninety nine. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But now that I, the, I, I was surprised to see that the Scooby Doo Mysteries thing from DC is two ninety nine. That's really smart. Yeah. Um, but up until that, Spawn was uh, two ninety nine for uh, forever. Yeah, <laughs> I, the only reason why I know is because I look at my DCBS order and I see a dollar seventy nine, and I'm like, oh, it's it's Todd. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, Todd. 
Thanks, Todd, for giving us something to talk about. You're the best. Oh, he the best. I I can't walk away from anything Spawn. Uh, I bitch, and I mean, and you know there there have been a couple instances where I'm just like fuck it, not reading it anymore. It's garbage. Oh, yeah. This is yeah. bullshit. Walking away, and then I have to go back and scramble to get the Kudransky era. The four the Kudransky era was horrible. To get the, <laughs> you know the issues that I I, I walked, and um, it's not easy. It wasn't easy because the book wasn't selling very much. So it was, you know, no, low print run. You're going to pay a decent amount for a spawn back issue. Now he's selling more. It'd probably be easier to to go back and and get the ones I missed. But I'm not going to risk it. I'd rather just spend the money, read the issue, call it crap, put it in the box, and move on to the next issue. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But uh, can you imagine if uh, Matthew Allison gets on one of these spawn stories? Like, sh- come on. I hope Todd's listening. Matthew Allison. He's the best. <laughs> yeah. Or DWJ doing Spawn. Interesting. Yes. I could curate it. Todd, give me a call, bro. Um, <laughs> I'll set everybody up. It's not like Eric Stevenson doesn't have a Rolodex. Well, I'm more enthusiastic. I don't say things. That, <laughs> well, I was going to say I don't say things that piss people off. But I do. It's probably Stevenson's bonus, so he's probably more enthusiastic. Yeah, well, it ain't all about money. Yeah, it's Todd. Have you, have you met Todd? <laughs> it's not all about money. That's adorable. And, of course, he makes mention that there's a new movie coming out. So. Yeah, I don't know about... Yeah, well, it it that. is um, Django. Year. It's Bloomhouse, yeah. Yeah. I think I have seen every Bloomhouse film in the theater. Yeah, you said that. What, did, were you able to see Invisible Man in the theater, or was that... Post- no one I saw Invisible Man. Man. I'm trying to remember if it was the theater or not. I assume it was, yeah. It was a joke. Because I know I can see it on uh, on HBO Max right now, but I don't... Yeah, I don't... Yeah, I'm pretty sure the I saw it in the theater, yeah. Yeah, like, like, like Thanksgiving 2019 or something like that. Oh, it's, yeah, then we definitely... Yeah. It's I, not I, I horrible. This one was out. Yeah. It's a good movie. It's a fun little movie. Is it Invisible Man? Yeah, Invisible Man, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you know what? I'm lying. Because I just... Wa- I didn't see Fantasy Island in the theater because I watched it... Oh, I forgot that was the thing. Or in Corvid, and it was horrendous. Yeah, it was bad. One of the worst films I've ever seen. All right, let's move on to the second thing. Vincent's driving the train tonight. Of which, this is a rarity, because we've all read two things this time around. And I, I, I love when this happens, because, you know, commentary, discussion, the the generation of ideas, that's what it's all about. Uh, the second thing. It's it's a one man show, man. So we need more one man one shots, single vision one shots. Yeah, you know, I I agree with you, but I almost wish that he didn't show us the roughs that he did for this issue because I think the finished art is wonderful and it does exactly what it's supposed to do and it captivated me and it you know everything it checked all the boxes. Huh. If if this issue was done in the in the style that he did the roughs in, oh my god, I yeah, I thought the roughs were phenomenal. They were so yeah. unhinged and yeah. and just the energy was like you could feel it. There was there was it was the hairs on the back of my fingers stood up. That's how much energy was coming out of my my I, computer screen. I do appreciate his. Um him sharing the process shots uh, on Twitter, especially the um, the pencils and the layouts, because then I can snatch them off of uh, 
<laughs> Twitter for later. Nice. Not if you have an NFT dap. <laughs> Dickhead. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> we are, of course, talking about from Marvel Comics the Immortal Hulk Flatline. Yes. Number one of one, written and drawn masterfully by longtime friend of the show and someone who we're a huge admirer of, and yet has never been a guest. We'll have to see if we can remedy that. Mr. Declan Shalvey. But we did interview him, and we did. Uh, we do have recordings of him. bumpers. Yeah. yeah. Yes, and, and full disclosure, he has been scheduled to be on several times over the years, but fates have, right. have plotted against us. I was going to say, yo, since we all read this, why don't we give Declan a, a ring on the, the, the Skype and see if he's oh. up for <laughs> What time well, is it in Ireland? So... Yeah, I think that'll work. But, um, but after a very touching uh, tip of the hat to our dearly departed Mr. Richard Corbin, um, the, which I thought was a nice little inclusion, and it, it shows uh, the many covers and and uh, projects that Richard has done for Marvel, with a nice little quote by Walter Simonson. So it's it's it, it was very it was touching, right? Um, what is Immortal Hulk Flatline? It's a, in essence, it's a cautionary tale to listen when someone's reaching out uh, and contemplating suicide. It's, it's, it's learning to listen for people that may be expressing themselves in ways that you're not used to, you know, your, your senses may not be picking up. It's, it's a plea for help uh, from someone who repeatedly tried to take their lives. That's basically what it is. Am I wrong? Um, I I don't know that you're wrong, but I didn't I didn't come away with that after my reading of it. But I'm now you kind of got me thinking. I mean, at the, the last page has the suicide prevention hotline, it the uh, lifeline. It it does you know it wants you to, because I think you kind of have to post that. I mean, obviously, every Hulk story. Oh, is indeed, about it does. That. I didn't see the last page. Okay. But, but yeah. you know, I mean, even in, you know, in 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 the first Avengers movie, you know, Banner says he he ate a bullet and and the monster spit him out. The big guy spit it out. And and here it's like obviously, I mean, ever since you know when when Bruce told Clint in 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 before in, in the comics before Civil War two whatever, it's like you know, take me out. And so he's obviously wanted to be rid of the monster by ending his own life. And we see in pages in this book that, you know, every time he tries, it doesn't happen. No, so I don't mean Bruce trying to commit suicide. I mean, the Hulk, the Hulk tries to kill himself repeatedly in this book. And he even says at one point, eh, Banner never listens. That guy don't listen to me. And he, he, he leaves Bruce I, at various locations, when the you know the day night dichotomy is complete, and their lives are split, and because there's no communication between the two of them, no, right? See, see, but okay. I don't so know, I'm, man, I didn't get that. I'm I got looking, this more I, like she's trying to be like you don't. You got to treat you got to treat Bruce with respect. You got to put some respect on his name when you you leave him fucked because yeah, you guys share this body, but. When you come back, you leave him in the worst positions, and you do it yeah. on purpose because you're an asshole. Because well, he's yeah, trying to get his attention. But he's saying, but he's saying, I didn't, listen I didn't to me. Because he wants to die, though. No, but when you all right, you, when you, my dude, 
I love uh-huh. you. I love you both very much. I'm not much. saying you're wrong. I'm saying no. Me. Look at Speak the double. It. Look at the double page spread. Yep. Uh, the Hulk uh, jumps off a very the towards the end with the, oh, that's, that's the Hulk. Hulk. What do you mean that's it's not, not the Hulk? That's the that's after he is jumped. Bruce jumped. That's Bruce's blood. He turned into the Hulk. No, just like the next no, page, no, no, he spits no. out the bullet because Bruce tried to kill himself. Where's Bruce? It, where's Bruce in that picture? Where's Bruce he, in this thing? He's not. The Hulk because tried to smash him. The Hulk. the Hulk tried to smash himself against the, the a freaking tree, and he winds. Uh, Bruce no, winds up. That's Bruce. The Hulk doesn't fucking drive a car. That's Bruce driving a car going into a tree, turn into the Hulk because he can kill himself. Right. It's it's Bruce. Mm. Barry, it's it's Bruce post Bruce tying, uh, tying a, a chain to his to his foot to drown, and then Hulk turns and into the, the Hulk and, and turns, swims out. Right. But Bruce Hulk's makes no indication it. in this book. Other than this double page spread now that he no, wants to kill himself. Tell that story. I mean, it's it's the Hulk spitting out a bullet because obviously he wouldn't have shot himself. He would. I mean, all of the all of these actions are him but, turning into himself to save himself. But why does the Hulk say that guy never listens to me? Why would it matter to him? What is he trying to say? If he says he never listens to me, there must be some kind of thing being. Which, 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 which does he say that? I'm I'm, I'm trying to find it. He's talking to uh talk to Noreen, I know, but Yeah. It's early on in the thing. Um ba 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 Yeah. Uh Oh, okay. So she's saying, All right, uh I thought you weren't talking to each other. We both hear, but he won't listen. Yeah, he don't listen to me. Well that's but that's Hulk is a petulant child. He he never it, it's it's never he's never wrong. So he's never going to. So of course, if if and that's the thing. Uh, yeah, you're right because Devil Child or Devil Hulk can't die. That's the whole basis of Immortal Hulk. Right. So it's yeah. That was really stupid of me. No. Yeah. No, it actually was. Because I'm looking at it. I was looking at it too literally. Like, why would the Hulk use a car? It's fucking stupid. <laughs> <laughs> he couldn't even fit into a car anyway. So you know, dumb. He could jump. He could jump a bunch of ways. Because even earlier, like when 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 she's fighting with the train, and, she, and he says, "We don't need your help. I protect Banner." Right. And she says, "How do you protect him from himself? You're supposed to, you know." And and that's and then they show you the pages of him basically every time, like it's in a suicide attempt. So yeah, so stupid. Yeah. Why am I stupid? <laughs> I did. This was. Yeah. Hey, you know. Talk it out. out. Yeah, because I was totally going down the wrong goddamn path. But anyway. Um, so, yeah, my bad. Uh, a, a person from Bruce's past. Um, and, makes... and by the way, I love just another, like, it, it's it's another thing. I personally thought, I love that we were introduced to another gamma-rated character from his past who <laughs> is old and busted. And I love that she basically, as far as we know, never really did much to bring notoriety to herself. She just kind of like... Yeah. Did her thing, and then like, but she has some business to take care of before she she rides off into the sunset. But not as not only is she old and busted, she like sent the Hulk into friggin' orbit. Yeah, she fucked him up. <laughs> and, oh. and, of, and of course, Hulk being Hulk is like, yeah, Granny, whatever. And he's like, whoa, I didn't expect that to happen. But uh, the person in question we're talking about is Professor Noreen Newland. And uh, this is someone that Bruce uh, had um, during his uh, coming up, and uh, she was there. 
at the time when, uh, you know, he opened the, the green door and uh, didn't find Marilyn Chambers behind it. But anyway, uh, as she was, uh, she did some cleanup during the the whole fallout of the, the Banner uh, Gamma experiment. And because of that, she picked up a little bit of something, something. Not only did she pick up some powers, but she picked up some long-term illness, right? Because it, it, it takes its toll in this thing. But, yep. Yeah. Um, but she's a really intriguing character because, you know, she's got a, like a Doc Ock kind of vibe with those glasses going on to me. <laughs> Quality eyewear, you know? Yeah, there's something fun about a feeble older woman being that powerful right like that like i think it's a very effective visual i'm assuming declan created her soup to nuts so kudos to him too for the character design yeah it's i like when when um characters come out of the gamma woodwork and they don't look like a bomb and it's yeah. right yeah and, and this and this absolutely works because it's like listen she, she was she was a teacher she she was his mentor and then it's like you know they 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 brought me in for cleanup after the accident. It's like and this all makes sense. Like this isn't this isn't a retcon trying to introduce like you know Jewel. This is the, it's a one shot obviously, but Declan's introducing a character that absolutely makes sense in Bruce's life because it's like you know oh well why have we never heard of Noreen before? Why would we? You know, Bruce yeah. hasn't thought about her in 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 decades. So why would he? You mm-hmm. know so so for her to come back because you know she's got something to take care of before she shuffles off it's it, it's it's perfect this was this was a, a fantastic one shot yeah. yeah and i i think one of the things that uh that i i appreciate about declan is that he just finds the right balance in terms of his line work about how much detail to put in or not he he doesn't get bogged down by trying to make everything like just incredibly detailed and and on model if it doesn't need to. And I think as a result, it's like the, you know, it's the, it's the classic comic book storytelling. He, he gives you enough. So as that it's the sparsity is not a distraction, but he doesn't also, but he, he, he puts the detail where he wants your eye to be drawn, Mm. you know? And I mean like, and just, I'm being, I'm just specifically like, like early in when, when Bruce is walking to work and, the the pub right the pub and the and the cars and are, are relatively simplistically drawn right but they don't need to be like that you don't need to have a 3d model of a toyota camry to be drawn into that panel right or when he's when she when she walks in when the professor walks into the restaurant the the tables and chairs are relatively simple sim, simply designed right but but like that's that's fine because you're supposed to have your eyes focused on her walking through the door Everything else is just is just setting the tone, the ambiance for the for that moment. So so like I just think he's very good at that because, um, and I think it is a talent. I think because working in in to 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 be able to put a book that and get it done in a reasonable amount of time, you you do have to make trade offs there. And I think he's always been very good at that, uh, and not at the expense of like the composition of the page. Or like you're not going to look at it and think. Like this isn't John Byrne. All respect to him, where you're you know he'll have many a page where there's just nothing in the backgrounds, yeah. you know. Um, so I just think Declan's very good at striking a balance there. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I, I, I think everything you said is is very, very true. But I would also pay very, very good money for an entire issue the way he did the roughs. If he <laughs> if he takes all the preliminary material and p- patches it together um, in in a very you know 
glue and, and, and tape and just fingerprints and smudges, just the way his, his layouts were for the, for each panel. I would, yeah, I would buy the hell. I didn't see the rough, so I don't know. Oh, it's on the Slack. One of them's on the Slack. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's, it has that Kirby energy without aping Kirby. It's mm-hmm. just really powerful stuff. Yeah. But well, I he, mean, you don't need to sell me on Declan's art, right? I mean, I, right. He already has. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, I feel contractually obligated to mention that I was the first person to ever buy art from Declan. So just feel sort of in my contract I have to mention that. <laughs> the um yeah, I'm the I, same page. When, oh, go ahead. No, I just I must have been brain dead when I, I that last panel in the black. I know what you're doing, you're not alone, I'm always here. So I nailed the premise. I just you had did. the characters yeah. wrong. Right. Yeah. Don't worry about it. We're not going to be I'm so glad it. you brought it up because I didn't really put all that together even from the Bruce side. But then as soon as you said it, I'm like, oh, yeah. And then you went Yeah, and then the I went down crazy side. road. Like, Wait, what? Yeah, I went down crazy so, road. No. Uh, it's, it's, it happens. It happens. Yeah. I, the other thing, too, I think that's great is that it's a one shot. I don't know the impetus for it. I don't know if Declan is just a fan of what of – what, uh, Ewing and, guys, Ewing and Bennett were doing in this book and, and, and approached them or approached Marvel and said, hey, I, I, I have an idea. Could I could I jump in? I don't know if they approached him because he holds a pretty high standing at Marvel these days and said, hey, is there anything? Do you have an idea? I, I, I'd love to know, mm. uh, Declan, if you if you hear this. I know he doesn't listen to every episode, but he does sometimes tune in if we talk about his stuff. If you, I'd love to know. I'm thinking that they did it not on, not exclusively, but it helped grease the wheel, wheels uh, that all of the, um, I think the Immortal Hulk oversized hardcovers have been 12 issues. Correct me if I'm wrong. Oh. And, and volume four goes to number f- issue 40. And there's been a King in Black Immortal Hulk one shot. And this would make, this would take the last 10 issues, King in Black and this yeah. to make, round out the, the 12 issues. Immortal Hulk Threshing Place, which was Lemire and Del Mundo. That's is that the uh, threshing place? Is that the one for King and Black, or is that something different? Um, was it King and Black related? I don't think it was King and Black related, but I don't. He'll remember. probably and and if and don't forget there was the Immortal She Hulk one shot. Too. Yes, yeah, that's right. Yeah, hmm. yeah. I there was yeah. It's it's weird because it, as as I'm, I was trying to see like if this could be. Obviously, it can't be, but. As I'm reading it, I'm looking to see if there's any any sign that not an inventory story, but if this could be if this could be a Hulk story that could have been told, you know, back when Mantlo was writing it, or even when David was writing it. But it no. is it is absolutely keyed into the whole immortal aspect of it. So it is it's it it yeah. is of this era. So it is it's it's definitely something. It may have been. I mean, there may be parts of it that were kicking around in Declan's head for a while, but this is this particular story could only be told during Ewing's time on the title. Yeah, but you don't really have to know all that much going in. No, because I'm way behind on that. So yeah. I mean, it's not like... It's yeah, so- that's a good point. You don't, you don't have to be up on Immortal Hulk and how it's different than Hulk, theoretically, if you just pick this up. Because I'm sure plenty of people will try this out because it's a one-shot by Declan and they're fans of his. You... you Right, like I, I think you could probably read this and just think it's it's the current version of the Hulk and not really be steeped in what right, right, right. what it means to be because a Hulk. There, it he does, especially when Hulk is in the upside down and he's like, so this is where Banner goes. Like, there's every 
every Hulk run is defined by that artist. We've had Sal Bushima, we've had Gary Frank, we have had Dil Keown and 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 everybody else over the years. This is this is Joe Bennett's Hulk. So I mean, Declan yeah. could have been like, "Oh, I'm going to try to draw the Kirby Hulk." No, that this isn't this isn't the Kirby Hulk. This isn't mm-hmm. th- this isn't the Maestro. This is this is Bennett's. So it it's it it also visually it's tied into to to this run this era. But um, you know, Hulk is Hulk. If 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 you weren't focused on the whole aspect that you know he can't die. Um, <laughs> It 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 is a Hulk story that you know he that, that could be told any time. Well, no, it's a, I mean, was it stick shit? I mean, it's it, it's <laughs> Kia <a> Smash. <laughs> it's, um, I I mean the, the the whole idea that you know Hulk at the end of the night he's just going to go wherever and fi- I mean he's like Bruce says he's he's nice enough to always leave me somewhere near work so yeah. I can just get to work. But uh, but yeah, it, it's no. It's it's no surprise. It's it's not it's not subtle that that the Hulk himself is a dick. He's been an asshole for years. It's 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 not it it's it's super on brand. It's, it's his character. So uh, mm-hmm. it's you know whereas Bruce wants to help and 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 care for others. That that's not who Hulk is. But uh, I I I'm I appreciate the idea that they are so aware of each other and they, they, they kind of, you know, they are there for each other. I mean, Bruce would love to get rid of the Hulk, but, but, and, and Hulk needs the banner at least during the day, but it, it's, it's such a fucked up relationship. And, and the fact that the only way Bruce, I mean, it's so deep because the only way Bruce can get out of this relationship, he thinks is by, killing himself and and that's that's fucking heavy man but him too he knows he can't die he knows you know it's it's futile because doesn't stop him from trying right well that's the thing he really yeah yeah he, he's adamant uh that he's gonna get out but um yeah i just think he thought that maybe the um the attempts fell on deaf ears because hence the last panel like yo little man i'm listening to you yeah yeah all right, that's some awesome shit. It was a great, great little one shot. Because even yeah, I totally uh, agree. There were when when you're talking about Declan's art and and how much went to rein it in and 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 really dial it up. And uh, when Noreen shows up and and Bruce is standing there because he's he's cleaning up bar and and you know playing busboy and it's like and, and the bartender's there first of all when he's going back he's he's walking by the bartender with all the dishes and the bartender's watching him and then noreen shows up and he's just standing there and then he puts the, the puts the dishes down on the bar which is strike me as Struck me as super odd because it's like, dude, you just like that's how it's way to the kitchen. Like, why are you putting it here on the fucking bar? But he puts it there, and and the bartender's like, because Declan could have had the bartender serving a drink, could have had him doing anything. But I'm I'm actually I'm looking at the bartender watching Bruce, and and then and then I you know and then the next panel, there's there, there's detail in 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 I'm looking at Bruce's hair. It, it I mean for some reason it reminded me of John Severin, but I mean I'm looking at the detail in the shirt sleeve and the. I, 
basically echoing what Jason said about when when Declan knows Declan knows when to kind of give you something a little extra for your eyes and Declan's also aware of where your eyes are supposed to go so he's not going to uh, mess around with the extras because the pages leading up to that are a little a little bit more detailed as far as you know when he's in the desert or when he's washing the dishes um, moving around the place it's it's I really and I'm I'm I think this is the first time I've seen Declan's color work and and I'm I'm super impressed. Well, he he learned from the best. Yeah, there's no there, there's no dispute in that. I'm not going to bring that up, but yeah, you're absolutely. No, well, I mean, it's uh, not a secret that he No, it's not a secret. Rudy Valet were together for years. And and it, you didn't see his work without seeing her name attached to the color, mm-hmm. so yeah, it's it's obviously true. Yeah, he he's, he obviously picked things up, but um I, I I look forward to seeing more. You are correct. Yep. What else we got? Lots of stuff. What you got? What's lots of stuff? Oh. There is something I saw on your list that I'm really interested in. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it's exactly that. Yeah. Yeah. It's oh boy. Let me just check my list to see if I have something for the uh, in your travels. I do. I've got four things. You've talked about two of them. I do. Um, uh, you want to hear about some clown noir? I don't particularly, but please do. Who doesn't love clown noir? I hate clowns with passion. Well, then but, you are uh, you are yeah, not going to like this series. No, I, I this this was the easiest of easy passes when I saw it solicited for. And me. the only the only thing I know about it is that it's the same guy who gives us ice cream man, right? I believe so. Yes, okay. I, I don't also read. Also, an not reading, right? Yeah, so yeah that's I don't read that. about it. Uh, the book is called Haha, and it, it's from Image. It's an anthology. Uh, As the, is Ice Cream Man, so he's got a thing for anthologies. Yeah, there, there's a thematic link between issues one and two, but they're not the same characters. They're not the same visual team, uh, except for the colorist. Uh, so yeah, but thematically, the book is, has a thread you know, joining the issues, but different people. Uh, the It's written by W. Maxwell Prince. Uh, issue number one is illustrated by Vanessa Del Rey with color art by Chris O'Halloran. And this issue is, is called Bartleby Rejects the Premise. What is the premise? Well, I'll tell you. Uh, Bartleby... Uh, his name's Bart, but he goes by Bartleby when he's in clown mode because he's a clown. Mm-hmm. Uh, he works at a at a rinky-dink uh, amusement uh, location called Funville, and uh, unfortunately, uh, Funville is is on the skids. It's being closed. Nobody comes to Funville anymore. Everything's online. They go get their stuff that way. And uh, the the boss, Donnie, is like, you know, we got some choices to make. And, and I'm sorry, but it, we're getting closed down. But uh, hmm. uh, here's your last check, buddy. Uh, thanks for everything. That, that trick you do with the, the, the never-ending uh, tissue thing or whatever it's called i forget it's in the book he goes that's that's amazing he goes but yeah you know you'll be all right i added a little bit into the check you know just to to make the wife 
not not kill your ass. And and that's the problem because uh, Bart's wife Brenda has no respect for the clown life. She just doesn't doesn't get it. You know, he's not um, he's not a, a super efficient breadwinner. He's a clown. Like, how much can he make, right? Um, the the kids are uh, starting to lean towards daddy's way of of seeing things. And mom doesn't like it. And then the lights go out because the electric bill wasn't paid. So things are not really good in, in, in Bart's relationship or, and he, he likes to, to, to think that his life is all, you know, wonderful, but it's, it's really not. So he gets, he gets his last check and he puts it in his, in his sock. So he's, he's walking to his car to get the heck out of this, this place. And his clown friend, uh, Phil, his best buddy, uh, clocks him in the head with a with a friggin' crowbar, and and takes his wallet. But luckily, as I said, Bart stashed his check uh, in his in his sock. So he he goes to the bank to cash his very last check, and the the Bart luck kicks in, and and the bank is is being robbed by a bunch of guys in baby face masks, and. They start shouting orders as as guys with automatic weapons will do, especially ones that are trying to rob the joint. And they're like, "Yeah, yeah, get to do this." And Bart's like, "Yeah, I don't think so." And like, you know, look at this. We have guns. Do this. And I don't think so. And so they put a bullet in his brain. They shoot Bart right in the head, and you get to see the bullet go through Bart's head because it it. It grazes both of the lobes on its way to other parts of the brain. And, and, and the, the narration and the, the, the internal monologue that goes on when the bullet is going through Bart's head is amazing. You can see one of the pages. I'm not putting them all up because that would spoil it. You can see one of the pages on 11oclockcomics.com. Go to the link for this episode. There's a gallery. That page will be in there. Um, so, and, and, and because the bullet goes cleanly through his head. It's an amazing, it's like one in a gazillion that he would be able to survive, that the bullet would traverse through the brain in such a path that it did not kill him. And it, and obviously it wasn't one of those bullets that expand upon contact. <laughs> it was just, it was the, it was the friendly bullet that keeps its shape as it's going through the body. I, suspension of disbelief, right? You gotta, you gotta put it on the back burner. So, um, but he's okay. And the, the robbery swarted. And uh, because of the incident, because of the wound, something happened to Bart's brain. He didn't emerge from the incident unscathed. It altered his perceptions. Like he, he goes home and he, he, the door opens and he sees his wife and kids. And they look goofy and cartoony and funny. And... More like the 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 mindset that Bart had towards life, and and it takes it takes the reality out of the thing. And the premise is, the the premise is that life is very very short and very very torturous. And Bart didn't buy into it. That's the title of the damn story. Like the whole time, he rejects the idea that life sucks. And that his life is garbage and he makes zero money and he, he, he has no place to work, but he just, he, he doesn't even, it doesn't even register with him. He just totally, uh, uh, turns his back to it. That's the whole story. And at the end, he has a different perspective on everything because of, 
the the altering of his brain and the fact that he did his mind was not wired that way to begin with. I thought it was a great issue. I think it's freaking incredible. But then the second issue, uh, which is illustrated by Zoe Thorogood, this is a little darker, a little bit darker, uh, again, with color art by Chris O'Halloran. The, it's called Rudolph on the Road to Funville. And yes, it's the same Funville that was mentioned, or that was a location in the first issue. Um, Rudolph is a girl. And uh, young Rudolph's mom is a, is a bit odd, right? Uh, she likes to wear clown makeup every day. She's, she's very, very uh, attractive, but she loves to do her face up like a clown. And her husband didn't get it. He's like, I don't know what's going on here. Like, she really is down with this clown thing. Not ICP, but she, 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 <laughs> she likes, she likes to wear the get up and like, you know, I, I can imagine it was, it was entertaining, uh, initially, but it, it, he doesn't get it. It gets old. Like everywhere she goes, she's got the clown makeup on. Um, so unknown to the husband, um, mom takes Rudolph away. She leaves, and they go on a road trip across the country. Mom takes her young daughter, Rudy, Rudy, Rudolph, on a pilgrimage to the Holy Land. And the Holy Land is Funville. It's the promised land. Everything's going to be okay. We're going to go there. We're going to, our, life is going to, our lives are going to change. We don't have to deal with that shit. We can, we can worship. We can you know, put arms around the whole clown life, and, and life is just going to be better. But on the way... To, to Funville, mom has to, she's got to find a way to keep gas in the tank and food in their bellies, right? So what does she do? Well, she she resorts to the world's oldest profession, right? Mm. Yeah, she she does a little bit of, uh, she sells herself, right? And, and, you know, one night she comes back and she's got a black eye and she's like with Rudy, you know, it's, you know, what can you do? It's just an occupational hazard, honey, and, you know, you got to do what you got to do. Um, and she teaches Rudy how to shave her legs. They're using nice, you know, little plastic bit. It's a nice little mom, mom daughter moment. It's warped, but it's, 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 I guess it's touching. Um, but, uh, so mom goes out on another quote date, uh, and the guy comes back to the room with her and mom's like, Rudy, just go in another room. If you hear anything or, you know, anything seems off to you, just don't worry about it. Just close your eyes, close your ears, and this will be over real quick. And so uh, mom and the John are going at it, and um, it gets a little rough, right? And Rudy hears things like, this doesn't sound right. My mom sounds like she's in trouble. So she takes the plastic uh, shaving razor, and she goes in, and she, she goes, get off my mom, to the John, right? And the John's like, the fuck is this? And he, he smacks Rudy, and mom loses it. Like, she she just kills the guy. And that leads them to um, having to uh, get to Funville a little sooner than they had planned. So they're, they're really on the run now. Uh, but um, in, in order for you to uh, maybe read these issues, I'm going to reveal something that maybe, I don't know, is a very big part of the second issue. But when they get to Funville, uh, it, of course... I said it in the first issue. Funville's closed. And the F dropped off the sign, so it's Unville. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so mom gets you know, taken in and um, dies not long after being in jail. 
and Rudy's all on her own. Uh, so what does Rudy do? Well, it turns out that Rudy is is a stripper who has a clown act. Her, she's she's all made up like a clown, and she's a stripper. So following in mommy's footsteps. But um, I I just I thought these two issues were fantastic, just uh, just great, amazing. I like dark humor. Um, I don't have a problem with clowns. And I, 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 this, these two issues to me, David knows what I'm going to say before I even say it. These two issues made me feel like I was reading beautiful stories for ugly children way back in the day. Although it's sequential art. I mean, beautiful stories for ugly children was beautiful illustrations with a lot of prose. This, these are actually sequential art. These are comics, right? But I got that same, um, cotton candy autopsy, uh, feel for these stories they're they're dark and black and uh sardonic and uh, you know downbeat and i love them this is this is my 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 bread and butter my lifeblood so if you're looking for something off the beaten path and you're not afraid of clowns like jason um pick up haha it's h-a-h-a haha uh numbers one and two are currently out i don't know how long it's going to be how long it's going to run i think it's a four issue miniseries oh four really Wow, I think. Don't quote me. And it's from Image, and I—it's great. Love that you love it. Yeah. Oh, I—I I I don't think it would click with either of you. I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, lo- I love the artists involved, but I just yeah, clown anthologies are <laughs> not my speed. <laughs> you imagine going into the the yeah I got a yeah, I got a good thing. Uh, I think you'll love it. It's a clown anthology. It's like, what? <laughs> yeah, all the stories are clown related. He must be a good salesman because he keeps Honest getting God. stuff made. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm glad he's a good salesman because this just like, it was surprising. I, I don't, I can't remember the last time I looked at a series and said, huh, clown anthology. Like, it's so weird, right? So strange. But that's what I yeah. love about it. It's, it's, un, it's unexpected, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, good going, Mr. Price. Or Prince, sorry. We have our Mr. Price. Mr. Prince is the guy that wrote it. Good going. Our Keep... Price is a prince. This prince is a price. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's good. Mm-hmm. What you got, Jason? Well, I... Um, the reason I was the hood at the start is because I read a fantastic little C-list Marvel miniseries that I feel like it fell through the cracks largely. Um, at least broadly speaking. I know we were aware of it, but but I just mean in terms of... I didn't, I didn't sense a lot of heat for it, you know? Um, but I, I finished... I had read the first issue when it came out, and then it was Corvid delayed and the whole thing. So finally finished up and I was waiting for it to finish up and I got around to, uh, it finished like a month or two ago and I, so it's been sitting there waiting for me to, so I reread the whole thing, but it's, uh, Hawkeye Freefall. Oh. Numbers one through six, uh, written by, uh, Matt Rosenberg and it's just jaw dropping, make me turgid in my pants art by Otto Schmidt. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's it's a it's a Clint Barton miniseries. It picks up in continuity that's that's largely in line with with his his uh, critically acclaimed 
recent uh, solo series serieses plural that uh, have been going on the last bunch of years. He's living in the brownstone that he owns. He's uh, but but he's you're thrust right into him, basically uh, trying to break up a uh, a little bit of a criminal get together that is uh, being run by the hood, and he uh, he gets under the hood skin and the hood gets pissed off, but Clint gets the best of him, and Hood and all of his cronies are arrested. But let's remember who the mayor of New York is these days: Wilson Fisk. And he and the Hood have, have history. So the Hood walks immediately. And that pisses Clint off. And then the Hood taunts him on the way out of the courthouse, too. Pulls his limo up. Clint gets in. And he's basically like, bruh, like, I'm way bigger than you. You can't touch me. So that really gets under Clint's skin. And, and, and he wants to, to fucks with him. And suddenly Ronan appears. As in the character that uh, Clint the alter ego that Clint was for a time during Bendis's run of the Avengers. And then the Ronan character has been a bunch of other people too, subsequent to that. Um, and Ronan starts wrecking havoc on the hoods, safe houses, his places, the docks where he's anywhere he's doing business. And Ronan is, is, is fucking people up and he's, he's taking no prisoners. He's, he's willing to, to fight cops, shield agents, you know, whatever. And so after Ronan wrecked shop, our boy Sam Wilson and Bucky Cap roll up to Clint at a little Brooklyn cafe and are like, bruh, we need to have a chat. Clint's like, bruh, gets to stepping. I'm trying to have my espresso here. Relax. And they're like, dude, we got this tape here. Ronan's fucking some things up. Hurt like six good people. You know anything about this? You know, and Clint's, Clint's like, dudes, I'm insulted. You would even ask. I mean, have you talked to Echo? Have you talked to some, you know, have you, and he lists all the people that have been Ronan. And they're like, in fact, we have. And they list off everybody's accounted for. He's like, the only one that's not accounted for is you. And Clint's like, dudes, I'm not, I was not fucking Ronan. Ronan. I was busy fighting the hood the other night. Like, I wouldn't do that. You guys know me. This is ridiculous. And. They're like, okay, all right, well, if you say so, we're not sure, but but you know, you are you will we'll give you the benefit of the doubt. So the three of them stake out a little get a little get together with the hood a night or two later, and suddenly while they're hanging out on the rooftop staking things out, the Ronan shows up and starts wreaking havoc. And uh, he's like, I told you I wasn't Ronan. <laughs> but things are a little more complicated than that. Cause he is Ronan. And it turns out that Clint has got himself a little doohickey that uh, he acquired from Shields Labs at some point, and it's like a, it's almost like a, it's like a one-hour time shifter, so he can he can shift in time one hour ahead, and as a result, he's able to be in two places at once. And you say to yourself, well, why is he pulling this big ruse? Well, essentially because Clint has been working a con to effectively try and totally dismember the Hood's organization in every way possible. So he's taking, he's basically pulling a Robin Hood. Ronan is showing up at these places, stealing the drug money, stealing the arms money, and he's using that money to buy up property to create a drug uh, treatment facility in the town in Brooklyn, to to buy the holding companies that are uh, laundering the Hood's money. So he's systematically disassembling the Hood's business through 
non-confrontational means um, under the guise of the Ronin. But as the as the miniseries goes on, you know everybody starts to get involved, kind of puts it together. They uh, Daredevil puts together a team of of heroes to try and and, and stop the Ronin. Bullseye gets involved. The Hood is obviously the main antagonist. And uh, it's all really well done and tight. And the thing that it reminded me the most of is Rosenberg's Four Kids Walk Into a Bank. Um, Which is to say that, like, I think Rosenberg is at his best when he's crafting a really intricate heist or crime story. And that's what this was, uh, only from the guise of, I guess, a noble crime in that in that he's doing it for for the for the good. Um, And there's a million awesome cameos. Cap's in it. Uh, Black Widow's in it. Obviously, I said Falcon and Bucky Cap. You've got uh, a bunch of, of, of other... you got Daredevil. you got Spidey. Um, Night Nurse. There's just a ton of cameos, and each one has their own personality. Uh, Clint is, is, is tapping the Night Nurse in this series. Now, I don't know if that was happening before this miniseries or it was just in this miniseries, but he's tapping it. And uh, he loves her, but but he keeps screwing up with her because he keeps lying to her. Um, there's a cocktail party. Where their uh, Aunt May is the it's for Aunt May's um, you know that charity joint she runs mm-hmm. and Clint is there with Night Nurse and, and Night Nurse Linda's like what, what are we doing here and he goes ah oh, you know we're just we're just taking it in and Tony rolls up Tony Stark rolls up and he's sweet talking Linda and giving you know giving Clint shit and and then you hear Aunt May saying oh uh, and and now we're gonna call up our our our, our top donor he's, he's someone who needs no introduction. He's as handsome as he is generous. And, you know, Tony's got a big smile on his face. He's straight in his tie. Get ready to roll up there. And all of a sudden it's like, please welcome Clint Barton. And Tony's like, what the fuck? Like, where are you? What? How are you out donating me? And Clint goes up there. Well, it turns out Clint sells his brownstone to Aunt May to, to, and gives the money to Aunt May's charity. So, like, all these fun little moments. Um, during that cocktail party, Peter Parker's there, obviously. And he's sitting there talking to Linda and she's like, "Oh, what's your story?" And he's like, "Oh, I'm here. I'm." He's like, "It's my aunt, but I'm working. I work. I work for Daily Bugle. I'm so I'm also here taking pictures." And uh, and and he's like, "You're really?" And he's like, "You're you're really with with him? Like, really?" <laughs> and she's like, "I know." She's like, "I'm slumming." And then he gets like a beeper, and of course it's him going to Spidey. And then the next issue is Spidey and Clint fighting the Hoods guys. Like everything's really tight, and all the cameos make sense, and they're just a lot of fun, and they're a lot of mocking and giving each other shit. Uh, a lot of pe- lot of running jokes about Hawkeye being the worst Avenger because he's just a dude, and like, what's he? What's the, how could he actually be an Avenger? Um, and then it all culminates in, and I don't think this is. I'm not. I'm going to risk spoiling here because I don't think you guys are likely to read this or care. I um, started to. I, I was waiting for the trade. I know it's going to be successful. Right, well, I'll hold off. But there's a good. Then there's a good. Uh, there's a really fun culmination uh, payoff at the end that. Um, it's kind of like a double a double con where everyone thinks one of the characters gets the final leg up and then you find out that the other character totally was was expecting that 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 uh, that zigzag and then kind of double zigzagged and um, it just left me smiling because I think it was really smartly written and it really revo- it revoked to me the way you feel when you watch a good heist movie. And everything makes sense, and you're like, "Oh yeah, okay, cool, yeah." They did, they did, got away with it. So, Clint, Clint, he, he's, he's. I think Ro, uh, Rosenberg has a great, great insight into Clint's character. He's funny, self-deprecating. 
He's uh, very able, though. I mean, yes, he is only human, but but needless to say, he's very effective in the field. Um, I thought it was terrific, and and Otto Schmidt's art is just awesome. It is absolutely awesome. To me, the the person who reminds me the most of is is Ramon Perez in his earlier Tale of Sand era days. I just love the guy's art so much. I I I wish we saw it more often. I don't know if he's slow. Maybe that's why we don't see him more than say six or eight issues a year, but. Um, I just loved every bit of this book. It was funny. It was action-packed. It was logical. There were no points where I'm like, that doesn't make any sense, or how did that happen? I just thought it was great from start to finish. And, um, yeah, it's it's a six-issue mini. You can either get the collection or uh, it'll. The, it's not all on Marvel Unlimited yet, but it will be soon. So just file this away as a fun little little pocket of the Marvel Universe. Doesn't really connect to anything else going on before or after, which is great. Um, I'm all for it. So, yeah, it, it was it was three huge thumbs up for me. Three. Yep. My ding-a-ling. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> anybody who didn't get the joke? Uh, no, that's good. No, it, it, was, it, it was a lot of fun. It made me laugh. Um, I think I read the first three issues. Uh, and then, like you said... Then we got hit with the pandemic. So I was waiting for it, and I, I thought it was only going to finish um, digitally. And then I was like, I'll just I'll, I'll just wait for the trade. But um, And then I saw it that month. For whatever reason, I, I don't know why I didn't make the cut. Probably because I figured we'll just, I'll find it at a con eventually. But I'm, I'm, I'm glad it ended as, as strong as it finished, as strong as it started. Oh, yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah, it, it was it was great. Rosenberg had a lot of fun. I could see you could you could picture him asking editors like, "Hey, what characters can I use? Is it okay if I use this character or not?" Um, it, when he meets up with Daredevil, like Daredevil's talking to him, and he's like, "Clint's Clint's in the Ronin costume," mm-hmm. and Daredevil's sitting there, and Clint's like, "Fuck!" And then Daredevil's talking to him like, "Yo, we got to be careful. Ronin's around here," and Clint's like, <laughs> and he goes, yeah. "Wait, man, does he not see what the fuck I'm wearing?" And then he's like. <laughs> And then, like, Daredevil's right next to him, and he's, like, he's, he's like looking at him and goes, are you nervous about something? And he goes, are you? He's, like, what are you looking at right now? And, like, he in the city, he's, like, does, does, he can't be. He's, like, is he blind? And then Clint waves his hand, and then Daredevil yeah. grabs his hand, and he's, like, what? and he's, like, oh, no, he's not blind. But then what the fuck? Hold <laughs> on. It's, like, it's great. It's, like, it's like, it's like oh, yeah, I guess, I, I guess a lot of the heroes, you don't necessarily know that Daredevil's blind. Right. You know? So, very funny stuff. One of Vince's favorite Avengers. <laughs> yeah. One of my favorite West Coast Avengers. Aww. I mean, all West Coast Avengers are, are favorite Avengers. <sighs> my little puppy does not like the plows. Yeah. yeah. Same. Same. Dap, you going to talk about that book? That you were going to talk about? Which book? That book that you read. That's on your list. That you didn't talk that, about yet. That one book? That one book there. That one book there. Um, actually, I will save... Um, yeah, this was... I mean, I know the things that are... Well, I'm not going to... I I read I did read Future State Nightwing the two issues, um, 
because I figured, what the hell? It was Monday or Tuesday, so it was before um, anything came out. And it's it's Gotham several years from now. Um, and Batman, our Batman, Bruce Wayne Batman, uh, is gone, is missing. But there is a Batman, and it's, I'm sure, the version that's in the next Batman. But uh, this is written by Andrew Constant. And art by Nicholas Scott. And it's interesting. And it kind of sort of didn't really look like Nicola in in a lot of spots. Um, I know I'm kind of not keen on the cover of the second issue of the Superman anthology. Uh, I know Vince mentioned it in his previous video. But the, the art here is a little looser than what I'm used to seeing from Nicola and um, but there are some, some panels that, that look fantastic, but uh, so Nightwing is out and about and patrolling Gotham uh, wearing a chin strap for some reason, but not a helmet. It's like, it's, it's, it's like he's, he, he's, he's wearing the protective headgear for, for a boxer. So his ears are covered um, and that's on a chin strap, but, and he's wearing his mask, but his, his hair, his head is still, out in the open so it's, it's it's a weird look and he's got elbow pads i mean it's it's more he's wearing a little bit more armor than what we're used to seeing him wear um but the magistrate is after him he um his his base of operations is the ruins of arkham asylum and he actually you know so he's there he's uh he's regrouping getting himself together after um, breaking up what the magistrate were up to. Um, a little bit of a flashback where Bruce took in a dick right after his parents died, um, which brings us to a fight between a... It's, it's almost like Tom King wrote this. It's, it's, it's Dick Grayson coming out of the shower with nothing but a towel wrapped around his waist uh, fighting Batman. And the uh, they have a conversation, but while they're talking, the magistrate actually tracked Nightwing to his lair, um, and they're all set up outside, ready to um, ready to attack. And that's that's basically the end of the first issue. It's just it's it's just this is Nightwing. It's a character you're familiar with. This is where he lives and works now. Um, and by the way, there's a new Batman in um, in Gotham. So the second issue picks up right after that. Uh, the magistrate is underhanded in the sense that uh, there's there's a newscaster there on the scene, but it's and 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 he's filming. He's on camera, but it's not live. It's they're recording this now so that it'll be edited and made to look live. As they, once they bring Nightwing in to custody and all to make themselves look good, make themselves look like the heroes and to show how everybody, show Gotham how, how bad masks are. Um, so Nightwing sets up an EMP, takes care of the cameras and, and the magistrate's weapons. Um, and he's, he's ready to go out and fight them all on their own but batman's like no you know i could help the the dynamic duo is back in action blah 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 so 
they go out there, make some short work a little bit, but as the magistrate is ready to um, fire on Batman and Nightwing, a Batarang comes and hits, slices the cheek of the captain of the magistrate calling the shots on sight. And that Batarang was thrown by a member of the resistance who happened to be Oracle. And the resistance also consists of Batgirl, who I believe is orphan, um, Talia al Ghul, Huntress, Two-Face, Man-Bat, Batwoman, and Robin, who this may be Tim Drake. Judging by judging by the hair and the look, I think it's Tim. Um, and and because I think he's slightly he, he definitely looks older than Damien would be however many years from now this is supposed to be. Um, so the fight's happening. The resistance is fighting off the magistrate. Uh, Batman and Nightwing are able to escape. The captain is is after them. Um, and there's obviously there's a um, there's an ulterior motive with the captain. She's she witnessed something many many years ago, um, which also allows her to hate vigilantes as as, as much as she does. Um, so that all kind of they they talk while they're fighting, and and it was it basically. Vince and I were talking before we started and, and we were talking about, you know, the, the hit rate with the future state stuff. And what I've the things I've really enjoyed from Future State, I've really, really enjoyed. Uh, Joel's Wonder Woman is fantastic. Um Philip Kennedy's Johnson's portions of uh Worlds of War is fantastic. Um but there are there are some, and even even Dark Detective, to a degree, as beautiful as it is, and as as cool as the story is 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 being made out to be, what I'm getting with a lot of the Future State stuff is because these aren't these aren't stories that are set in stone. They may not even be set in the current DC universe. Everybody was reading before Future State, um, because it's kind of like a bunch of Elseworld stories. It's really hard for me to care about some of the even the characters i've known for years it's hard for me to care about some of the characters because the stories are so short it's only two months and we're not like before we even get started it's over so it's very hard for me to just really be attached to the characters i'm not at no point was i concerned that you know nightwing wasn't going to get out of this scrape and and even if he didn't that's not necessarily the nightwing that's going to be yeah. written about in in next month. So it's. I it's, mean, that's the downside of a glorified fifth week event, right? And and that's and and I mean, I've 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 been around gimmicks and events where they didn't all feel like fifth week events, but this there 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 are a lot of stories so far that, and maybe it's because of some of the backup stories and some of the issues. Not not every issue, not every comic had a backup. The Nightwing didn't. Uh, I don't think Harley Quinn did. Aquaman didn't. So. You know, they're not they're not all anthologies some of them are and those that are the first story seems to really really knock you on your ass like dark detective i really enjoyed the grifter story um those were fun two chapters uh 
but more or less i i'm i'm finishing the future state issues and i'm i i just yeah it's neat if you know in six seven eight months if i come across a nightwing story and what happens in that book ties back to something from these two issues okay that's cool but normally when i read something that I think is going to be connected to something else later on. There's a hint that there's at least some idea that what you're reading here might play out later just because of the way it's presented or how it's written. I didn't, I didn't really get that sense here. And I think part of that is because a lot of these are written by people who haven't been writing the main DC books or just haven't read really, haven't written much of anything I've read Period. I, I I don't think I've ever read anything by Constant before this. Um, the uh, you know Sean Lewis. I, I yeah, we we talked about thumbs before, but again, I don't know how much DC work he did before Superman of Metropolis. So it's it's I'm I'm all about you know giving the new talent the showcase to, to try him out and see what sticks. But um, and I'm not I'm, I'm not trying to end my part of the show on on downer i mean again nicholas scott's art is really tight but uh when i mean i said it was loose before but it's it it she knows how to pace a story but um i just i i, I guess i kind of wanted um something a little more from a nightwing story there you go But yeah, I mean, it's, it's, I know, no, I, we, we said it when it was announced, had high hopes for future state. Um, but I guess based on past experiences with DC's events, um, maybe that's on me. I, I, I haven't been let down too often by them. So I figured, you know, this is par for the course what what what's they've won me over in the past so um but for some reason things just aren't really clicking for me here this time yeah that's a bummer i mean yeah i mean this i don't think it's fair to compare this to other events though i mean this no was, no no it definitely is yeah definitely is. i mean we all knew what this was going in but the hope was that it would be good in spite of that right you guys were hoping it would be good in spite of that yeah, which is this well, was a way of salvaging 5G while they took a few months to figure out what they were going to do without 5G. Yeah, I mean the 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 um, I did I read the first issue of Batman Superman and that I mean that that's got the um, uh, the Ben Oliver art and that looks sharp. It, it's it's great. It, that that's written by uh, Gene Lewin Yang. So I mean you know, we're familiar with his work, um, and it's it's it seems to be the Bruce Wayne Batman. Um, it appears to be the Clark Kent Superman. So I don't, I don't necessarily think this is, I mean, it, it's, it's Gotham city, the beginning of the occupation. So it's, it's right before Bruce it, It's right before Clark leaves earth. Then it's right before Bruce goes into hiding. Um, but this one's about a, um, it's called vermin, but the, 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 the title of the story is vermin, but apparently there's a, um, there's it, it's not a drug it's like it's 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 a device they kids can attach to their neck and it it turns their face it, it turns them into animals so 
Superman is talking to someone who, you know, he activates the chip on his neck and um, and he becomes a uh, a ram, and it, it looks cool. I mean, you know, Oliver knows how to knows how to draw like nobody's business, but um, this and it kind of in parts it felt like a Morrison story, but overall, I thought you know seeing the world's finest team teaming up, going up against you know a bunch of not even bad guys. They're not really much of a threat, but a bunch of a uh, bunch of kids with um, you know false faces, all looking like animals, all looking like the uh, like it's out of Doctor Midnight, and it it ends it ends on a cliffhanger where you're like you know where, where Superman's in trouble, and I really enjoyed this one. So I, I I'm, I'm waiting for the second issue. I'm waiting to get my hands on the second issue so I can read it. But I mean, I thought that this was, um, and it, I mean, it, it says the second issue was Superman and Batman together again for the last time. So I, it doesn't necessarily mean it's going to stick, but if I get to see how, what leads to Superman wanting to leave earth and when Bruce starts to lose everything, then that's, that's something for me, Whereas it sounds to look forward to, because like, because that's showing some movement. We're 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 getting somewhere. Things are we're starting to see the things that lead to the other events. I don't I don't you know a day in the life is cool and all, but that's we don't have time for a day in the life. We 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 need to get things moving. We've got two months and and for the most part two issues for most of these. So I don't I there's no time to dawdle. But the Superman Batman, I to end on a high note. I really, really liked it a lot. And again, that's you had two creators telling a really cool story. Which, I mean, we know what Jim can do, and and again, Oliver's work is is fantastic. Well, there you go. All right, everybody. Hey, what? Thanks for being here. Thanks for listening for this. Uh, if you would uh, like to save money, who doesn't want to save money? Go to Discount Comic Book Service, dcbservice.com, or get your books, get them fast, get them delivered right to your door for not a whole lot of money. And that's the name of the game, at least for me. Uh, write this down. Boom. Uh, magic number one, $2.49. Uh, Dungeon Toilet, graphic novel, volume one from Seven Seas, $7.69. That's 45% off. And Omnibus Time, Marvel's What If. Big honking omnibus, $100 cover price. <laughs> no way. You're paying $50 for that. DCBService.com. In your travels, uh, I know we talked about it a lot, uh, at least the first, maybe three or four issues. But um, in my most uh, most recent box... I got the Jason Aaron Mahmoud Asrar Conan hardcover. That's on its way. Can't wait. Yeah, it's uh, 12 issues, but it's not all Mahmoud. Right. Uh, there's a couple of, uh, you know, helping hands in there. But Mahmoud, I think, does 9 out of the 12 or 10 out of 12. Um, 9, I think. But uh, I just enjoy it a lot. I think um, it's a really awesome time to be a Conan fan. What with the stuff going on at uh, Ablaze and uh, great, great work coming out of Marvel with the character. It's um, it's not slapdash at all. Now, I'm not commenting on the Conan 
uh, and uh, associated character miniseries that Marvel was doing. I'm talking about the main book. Uh, Savage Sword was good, uh, but uh, Aaron and, and uh, Asrar's Conan is just amazing work. Just a, just outstanding work that holds up with the best of the best of any Conan from any time period, I think. I think that it's, uh, it's amazing how deep they nailed it. Now, you know, you think Marvel, that's the home of Conan initially, right? And the character comes back. Uh, Jason Aaron's a really good writer, and Mahmoud is an amazing talent. But I personally thought that the deck was um, not stacked in their favor going in. Like, okay, but yikes, I ain't Crow, because it is a great rendition of Conan in every respect. Writing, uh, illustrating, and just uh, the whole ball of wax. And it's the death of Conan. Death in uh, quotation. So, uh, But it, it, it's great. It was like 34 and change, but with the uh, the discount at our uh, wonderful sponsor, it was only like 17 bucks. Yep. Yeah. And if you're reading the Ablaze stuff, that, that uncensored Conan that they've been touting the entire time, uh, finally comes uh, to the bubbles to the surface in Frost Giant's Daughter. There's a lot of very naughty bits in uh, Frost Giant's Daughter. A lot of nudity. Where previous to that, the Ablaze stuff was just like a lot of bloodshed, but in, 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 in a lot of, some TNA in keeping with the good Conan stuff, right? But it was really not anything that we haven't seen before. But... Um, yeah, great great time to be a Conan fan. Awesome. Uh, in your travels, I am still working my way through this. I'm taking my time with it because it's fun and funny. And subject matter is close to my heart because I'm trying to see if I can pick up some tricks. But this is To Drink and To Eat. The first volume, the second volume is sitting here next to me, but the first volume is Tastes and Tales from a French Kitchen by Guillaume Long, and uh, it is published um, by Lionforge, and, or reprinted and, and available here, um, translated from Lionforge. But it is um, basically... Um, it's it's part cookbook, part um, adventures in culinary delights and adventures and and uh, learning things. It he's it's I call it an autobiography, but it is um, he he takes his uh, lessons from from his family and and all the things that he's. He's learned over the years, and, and you know, there are little stories throughout. Uh, he went, he decided to get a gym membership, uh, and the guy he carpools with is actually a um, is is a uh, is a uh, it's, is a chef um, who he uh, which which now of course you know long is is all about. It's my new best friend now, you guy, and and. They're just, and he's asking them like it, it's it's as if you meet a doctor and and you just start asking you know 
you got a problem with your elbow or, or, you know, why does your nose keep, you make an appointment. You're not getting my information for free. So he keeps hounding him with a bunch of questions and, and uh, gets a little few answers here and there. And it's an amusing tale. Um, but there's, there's things about uh, recognizing, recognizing different types of fish when they don't look actually like fish after they've been filleted or cut into steaks, things like that. Uh, it talks about going into the woods and, and uh, useful tools for your kitchen, which I think everybody should have a page like this somewhere hanging up so that they know what to, to look for. But um, yeah, I just, I, I, I love the way the book is set up and laid out. Uh, it's broken up into, um, chapters of the seasons so spring summer winter fall but then every every story there's 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 a key at the top of uh each story where um the story involves what well, level one would be recipes that require no cooking experience uh maybe not even any cooking involved uh level two level three there's there's stories about himself there's stories about places he's eaten um there's an inventory uh cooking tips and you know it's i just i really appreciate the way the book is presented and packaged and uh really like the art style it's uh it's quirky it's i said it's fun it's funny and i um i'm taking my time with it but i need to get through this so i can i can get to the second volume um so in your travels to drink and to eat right on right on well, uh, Minor Travels this week is uh, for only a select few of you. Because I'm not expecting the most of you to give this this one a try. But some of you will. In fact, some of you probably already have. Because Minor Travels this week is X-Men Legends number one. Dun, dun, dun. Written by Fabian Nietzsche, with art by Brett Booth and Adelso Corona. This is the first in what's, I guess, going to be somewhat of an anthology-type series where Marvel's going to allow different creators from the X history to revisit key moments or plot points that they maybe felt were unresolved. Um, so this first one, if, you, if you're a longtime mutant head, you probably can guess based on the creative team, where this is dealing with it's it this picks up shortly after uh x-men number 39 as in uh, volume two the titular x-men um Nietzsche was one of marvel's top writers at the time he was doing a lot of, of mutant stuff in particular but uh left the company uh had a contractual dispute and left um and so his plans for the x-men were shuttered because of a new creative team. And he has long said that, uh, this is not new news in this book. He had long said that, um, Adam X was always intended to be a summer's brother. (laughs) Now, Adam X is arguably the, uh, the poster child for the nineties extreme era of, of, of comics and Marvel. Uh, and so much so, in fact, that Adam X's first name was X-Treme, Extreme. Um, 
<laughs> so, you know, I'm not going to tell you this is like must read by any stretch. Um, I always thought Adam X was pretty corny. He was brought back pretty recently in the in the Hickman era uh, mythos where he's now on Mojoverse doing a reality show. So they just can't quit Adam X. I'm not sure they needed to not quit him. But this picks up right where that left off. Uh, Eric the Red is uh, on Earth with a bunch of um, of uh, Shi'ar cultists. And they're trying to do something. We don't know what. Uh, they, they end up um, capturing the Summer's grandparents who have been in the X-Comics for a long time. But, but Scott and, and his brother's grandparents are uh so Cor- corsair's parents are are kidnapped by eric the red and uh and crew and so of course scott uh cyclops and havoc are like what the fuck we gotta rescue our peeps so they um you know they they, they endeavor to to do so um and run into adam x who owes uh some good fortune to uh grandpa summers um who had helped save him when he was on earth and you you and i'm not spoiling anything here because the whole purpose why would this issue exist if not for this purpose it is revealed in the issue finally that uh, in fact they are brothers um now what this means uh, I, I don't know i don't know that it means anything right like i mean this this takes place decades of continuity ago um so i don't think it changes anything per se I don't know how many people were really clamoring to know if, in fact, Adam X was, was Summer's brother. Um, I guess it opens the door because they've already had Adam X in the current run to give him some relevance or bring him back into the fold, I guess. If they do, I just beg them, can we get rid of the backwards baseball cap? I mean, that was like a look in like 97, but like, is it a look in 2021, people? Um the art is of its time, which I think is perfect. Like I think Brett Booth and Adelso doing this issue made perfect sense mm-hmm. because that's what exactly what this kind of comic would have looked like back then. Um, I don't know, man. It's it was a curiosity. I wasn't sure I was going to read it, but Brian Newbery pinged me, and I ended up reading it. Um, I'm glad I read it. You know, it was fun for what it was, but but it, this is only for the hardest of hardcore X fans. And and those of you who actually care about '90s continuity, which is probably an even smaller subset of that, so <laughs> make of it what you will. But after this, uh, this comes a a Wheezy and uh, and Walt uh, X Factor arc, which I'm I think could be a lot of fun. It'd be great to see them back doing X Factor, if nothing else. So you know, this is a pure nostalgia romp. But we've said many many times over the years that ultimately comics nostalgia is a massive driving force, and why we stick around anyway. So. If you are nostalgic for that era of X-Men, this is your tonic. If you aren't nostalgic for it, like my co-hosts, you don't need to ever remember this existed. Did, uh, I mean, you lost me at Adam X, but did you ever, did you read the Claremont Grummet X-Men Forever? Or was it the Legacy? I think it was X-Men Forever. It was two volumes, I think. Yeah, I read the first issue or two, maybe three, and was like, I'm out. I own them all, though. Yeah, because that, that was... I have them all, but... For anybody who's not aware of it, um, it's it was basically Claremont picking up where he left off after before he left with yeah. uh, X Men number yeah. three. Or this is like Larry Hama picking up GI Joe from where right. he left off. It's the whole yeah, it's the whole thing. Yeah. But at so least was, 
this is like an anthology. Like this isn't going to be Nietzsche doing a fifty issue run. This is him doing this story because Marvel and I guess people felt it was unrequited and. You know what I mean? Like, and then we're moving on to an X-Factor story and then presumably something else. So at least it's not going to just be, oh, let me tell you stories from 20-year-old continuity. Right. Interesting. Vince, are you feverishly taking notes right now about this so you can pick it up? Oh, he's, he's getting all the screen caps. Yeah, and having to resize them and resize them again. So <laughs> so I was going to put four in, but you're only getting two now because fuck it. I'm not going to waste my time on it. God. Yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go. go it does look kind of neat, though. I mean, uh, well, I'm a fan of the. I mean, I'm a fan of '90s Brett Booth. I'm a fan of Adelso Corona, like current Adelso, like Adelso's an anchor mainly for for, for Brett and for mm-hmm. uh, Ali Garza and, and Rob Liefeld and stuff. So I, you know, I'm. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to be putting some money in their pockets. You know, I thought yeah. the issue looked fun, really fun for its time. But again, the, but but it, but that's because I'm nostalgic for that period of comics. I, I I I could see people that are unfamiliar. Or newer to the hobby, saying, ah, this is not my thing. And that's fine, too. It does look like it was plucked from the time stream, which is exactly the thing it should right. look like. Yeah. yeah, and I hope that the that the Walt Weezy looks like it was plucked from that, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's a good idea. I suspect that will be more broadly well-received. Well, yeah. Plus, anytime you can get two of the greatest names in comics to work together on something that for which they're relatively you know, well-known... Uh, yes, they've done bigger things in their own little uh, ways, but husband and wife team, power hitters like Walton Weezy, shut up. It's it, Yeah, throw money at them. Why not? Marvel has published far worse. They did a whole Indeed. event that's far worse. Identity okay. Disc? Well, recently, I was thinking. Of, oh, yeah. Identity Disc was horrendous. Yeah, yes, it was. It was. <laughs> we should riff on the worst events ever. Wow, that's a lot to choose from. It is, I know. It could be fun. It works for me. Okay. Identity disc. Oof. Mega that's oof. rough, dude. <laughs> <laughs> that's rough, though. Yo. Yeah, but <laughs> your man, isn't your man Sabretooth like front and center in Identity Disc? In is Deadpool? I detest Sabretooth. <laughs> Uh, it's pretty main or bust. It's pretty strong. Detest him, but okay. I named him in my one of my least favorite five X Men when we did the list like a month ago. Ooh. Okay. <laughs> so, oh, how about that? Was I on that episode? <laughs> Thanks for listening. Well, you remember who wrote and drew Identity is? Ah, oh, boy. Because <laughs> I think I it was. Lady if you didn't. Um, I don't think it was Lobe though. No, I don't know. I think it was some somebody on the art that, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't remember. Robert Rohde was the writer. Hmm. John Higgins was the penciler. <laughs> it's odd. He was the colorist of Watchmen, interestingly enough. But, sure. Yeah. Uh, and then Sandu Floria was the anchor. Wow. Wow. You know what they should do for this X Men Legend shit? They should get, they should do Soldier X, right? Do the 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 last chapter of Soldier X and get Igor Igor Corday back on, That's and just for are. like a a twelve issue run, just twelve issues. Yes, yes, right. 
bring Blacksmith back into it. Listen, I don't know how long they expect this title to run, but they're going to have to do stuff like that. Yeah, why not? And plus, we get to look at beautiful Igor Corday art. Shut up. No one said anything. Yeah, you're thinking it. No. Hey, I own every issue of Soldier X. And it's great. I own every issue of Soldier X. Hey, everybody. Thank you for being here with us one more time around the Mulberry Bush. We hope you come back really soon. We don't know when, but soon. Um, I think we have a surprise for next episode, don't we? No, we have a book of the month. Which happens between now and next Thursday? It would have to, right? Because next Thursday is the last Thursday of the of yeah. the month. Oh, so we got to do book of the month this this weekend. Well, or whenever. I mean, we could. I mean, we could. It, it's listen. We can we can discuss that if 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 it has to happen. No, I don't care where we do it. But and, but yes, someone is coming. Right, and it's it's Doctor Strange into Shambhala is the book of the month. So we'll be doing that. Uh, soon and we hope you join us for that and next thursday just the whole eoc thing you know how it's done that's go, fun yes go to twitter reddit instagram and facebook because we have uh, a lot of uh, presence there and if you would be so kind check out our patreon page patreon.com forward slash 11 o'clock comics no apostrophe one one going in the gate uh in the meantime uh Shoot you. Say goodnight. (laughs) Fella? No. (laughs) We don't say goodnight, fella. That's silly. Who writes this shit? (sighs) (sighs) Right? What? David. Oh. Had to mix me up. What do you think, Jason? We'll see. And night. <laughs> you know, I'm of two minds. I'm like, I got to do a long one because the longer <laughs> I do it, the less chance of he has of actually hitting on the head. But then if I do a long one, I'm thinking, Dad, they have to listen to us do this, right? And the sure. the silence is is maddening. It is. So why not just David. fill it? Ooh, I like it. By the way. Five dollars Venmo to either of you without cheating. If you can remember who wrote Soldier X. Oh, 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 oh! Fuck. Um. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Vince, who was writing Cable at that time? Thierry. No. Uh. Oh shit. Oh no! It's somebody well, relatively well known. Um. Yeah. Because I didn't as, read it, and I still you're, know. As you're fucking Googling it. I'm not. Oh, my no. God. Yeah, right? that, that's all I do. Oh, I can't be wrong. I just proved early in the episode <laughs> that I can fuck up big time. I don't know who. Nobody famous, dude. Darko Macon. Oh, yes. Yeah. But I think he was on art. Motherfuck, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, Corday was on art. Yeah, no, no, no. I What I think Darko was, was an artist and not. Oh, he is an artist as well. Yeah, he's an artist as well. It's a, it's a nice little run. And did and then even more baffling, Darko Macon was nominated for two Eisner Awards. Why is that? Why is that baffling? Because I I didn't remember the guy existed until just now. And it was the uh, Majesty of Soldier X that did it. It was not. 
But I'm surprised Dap didn't remember what it was for because it was for Grendel Tales. Wow. Yep. That's why I know he's an artist, yeah. What the fuck? The more you know. That's it for that one. <laughs>